the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bible teaches us that our prayers mingle with Jesus' prayer, and together it is a holy smoke that ascends to God. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, make sure that you call us at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is there right now to take your prayer request and to pray with you. 888-244-HOPE. Yesterday, we brought you the first portion of a broadcast Pastor Mike entitles Holy Smoke, and we'll complete this message now. If you missed the first portion, don't forget you can always go to reachingyourheart.com. Look for the current broadcast, and you'll find Holy Smoke there, among many others that are available there for you in archive format for you to listen to. And we do appreciate you spending some time on the website, reachingyourheart.com. Let's get underway with the conclusion to Holy Smoke. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. The critical factor here is if you rely on Christ, if you come into a dependent relationship with Him, you get out of your self-business. This is the problem with Pharisaism, because you begin to rely on yourself for the evidence that you're a believer. But those who take refuge in Him, you take refuge in Him when you're in trouble, when you fall short, when you're in need. Yes, when you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, as Romans 3 says. It says none of these kind of people who do that will be condemned. Period. God is not trying to destroy people in the Bible or at the end of time. God is out to save as many people as He can, but when the evil reach out to destroy the righteous, God will intervene at the end and destroy evil. There are some people who believe that God is passive in this destruction of the evil. The moral influence theory of theology has given this idea that God doesn't destroy anybody. Well, it's true, evil shall slay the wicked, but God is the one who actively deals out that sentence. He will not leave it to any other than himself. The one who died for us is the one who will administer the judgment. Jesus said all judgment has been given to the Son. So God isn't going to let it happen to just natural law. He himself will administer the verdict. Ask Sodom and Gomorrah if God is passive. God wasn't passive. God was active in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Fire came from God out of God. And that holy fire that is God destroyed the city. That's a direct intervention. God is not going to treat the holocaust of evil in this universe in such a way that he does not personally engage it. He will engage it, and he will defeat it, and he will end it. Jude verse 7 tells us that the fire that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah was eternal fire. Take your Bibles, turn to Jude 6 verse 7. There is only one chapter, so it's not chapter 1. Jude verse 6 and verse 7. And the angels that did not keep their own position but left their proper dwelling and have been kept by him, that is God, in eternal chains in the nether gloom, that's another dimension, until the judgment of the great day. They're in a holding cell. Verse 7. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise acted immorally and indulged in unnatural lust, serve as an example by undergoing what kind of punishment? What does it say? A punishment of, it says, eternal fire. 
I've seen preachers try to say, well, this fire is not really eternal because the word doesn't mean eternal because Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. That's bad logic. The word eternal means eternal here. The fire that destroyed the cities was eternal. The cities were not eternal. That's what it's getting at here. In the book of Jude, it talks about the glorious ones, God the Father and His Son. They are the fire. They don't go out. The Bible is very clear. The angels that rebelled in heaven will be destroyed just like the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah. They will not live forever. They will be exposed to a holy fire that is eternal. And like Sodom, they will be destroyed. So why is this fire eternal here? Why? The fire is eternal because God is the fire. The glory of Him who is love, who is an eternal fire, will destroy evil. When Jesus met the demons, they recognized in Him in human form the fire that will torment them and destroy them at the very end. They saw it right there as He was a man on earth. And they were tormented by His presence because Jesus showed up. When Christ shows up, it's like, oh no. They run from the light into the darkness. Look at Matthew eight twenty nine, And behold, the demons cried out. Now Christ is there. What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? His presence was like fire to them. They wanted Him to get away. And so, of course, He sends them away. Jesus was the flaming torch that passed between the parts that night when God in smoke made the promise to Abram to save his family and to give them a future. And that night of Abram's terror, Abram drove the ravens away because they represent demons that need to be driven away with prayer. His prayers drove the devil and his angels away in the night when God made a promise that pointed to the light, to the cross, to the sacrifice that would save us. Friend, evil is not going to voluntarily leave you in your life. It's not going to just suddenly quit harassing your family. Evil has to be prayed away like Abram did for God to destroy evil in your house God is long-suffering. He waits. He doesn't ultimately administer His verdict on evil in the world. But He's long-suffering. You know why? Because God wants people who are evil to become saints. He wants the gospel of grace to affect people. And so Paul says it's the kindness of God that's meant to lead us to repentance. And so God waits a long time for evil to mature. And so the saints must have patient endurance, as the book of Revelation says. And He wants to save as many as He can. Isaiah 10, 16. Take your Bible and turn with me. Here's a picture of God in the Old Testament. Therefore the Lord, the Lord of hosts, will send wasting sickness among His stout warriors. And under His glory, what does the text say? Under His glory, okay, a burning will be kindled. So God's glory makes something get on fire. Under His glory, a burning will be kindled like the burning of a fire. And then verse 17. Now this is a name for God, the light of Israel. Some translations will capitalize light because it's God. The light of Israel will become a fire and His Holy One a flame. And it, now the Hebrew can be translated, and He will burn and devour His thorns and briars in one day. The glory of His forest and of His fruitful land the Lord will destroy. And this is an amazing verse. Verse 18. Both soul and body the Lord will destroy. And it will be as when a sick man wastes away. Friend, God is the light of Israel. And God the Father as the light of Israel is a fire. And His Holy One who is Jesus Christ is a flame. Just like in the vision given to Abram in Genesis 15, the smoking fire pot and the flaming torch, it will be that way at the end. His Holy One, Jesus, is the light of the world. He's a fire and a flame. 
And the fire that is our loving God will destroy evil. Verse 17 says He will make it happen in a single day. Verse 18 says He will destroy both soul and body. The New International Version leaves it out. The translator didn't like the literal Hebrew, so just ignored the whole statement in the Hebrew. It literally says He will destroy both soul and body in that fire. Now Jesus directly quotes this verse that the New International Version leaves out in part. In Matthew 10, 28, open your Bibles and turn there. Jesus said, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Friend, hell is not a place where evil people live on forever. Hell is an event at the end of the millennium when evil dies in the presence of the eternal fire that is our God of love where the light is irreconcilable with the darkness and the night flees. The same eternal fire that destroyed Sodom will destroy evil at the end. And so we should separate ourselves from evil. Should we not? I mean, should we be in the business of playing with the world, with compromising with evil, with the entertainment industry and the like? Or should we draw a line and say, I'm going to be holy for God because of the cross of Christ? What should we do? There's no place for mixing lives here. We are to be holy. Paul says we're to perfect holiness in the Lord. That doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means we perfect holiness. That means we separate from evil. Revelation 20, verse 9. Amazing statement. The book of Revelation. And the wicked, they, the wicked, understood at the end of the millennium, marched up over the broad earth like an army. They surrounded the camp of the saints. The holy city has just come down. The beloved city it's called. And notice what it says. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them, just like Sodom and Gomorrah. The wicked will be destroyed by the fire that comes from God, out of God, that is God. The last time I checked it out, John 3.16 is still true. You like John 3.16? I mean, I love John 3.16. It's the great statement of the Christian faith. Let's just look at it. For God so loved the world that He what? That He gave. That's what love is. Love is God giving. How can an infinite being prove that He is love when He has everything? You see, the devil accused Him somewhere back in the halls of eternity that God by the fact that He is an eternal, infinite being does not have sufficient capacity to demonstrate love because He can't. He argued that if you're eternal and you have infinite power, you can't give enough to where it hurts you. At the cross, it was demonstrated that the deity has sufficient capacity to exercise self-renouncing love because at the cross, God in Christ, God poured all of heaven's treasury out at the cross. And God was a bankrupt God with tears when Jesus died for our sins. There's no missingness. For God so loved the world that He gave his monogamy, his only one-of-a-kind unique son, that whoever believes in him should not what? Perish. Now notice the opposite, but have eternal life. Those who believe in Jesus will have eternal life, and those who do not believe in Jesus will perish. It's an opposite. You have eternal life, the opposite is perishing. Friend, you can't live forever in a place called hell and call that perishing. Did you hear me? You can't live forever in a place called hell and call that perishing. There will come a day when death and evil will die. If John 3.16 is true, and that it is. Living on forever in the fire is not perishing. If the fire is God, and the Bible teaches us that it is, then the only people who can live forever in the fire are God's people. Did you hear that? 
The only people who can live forever in the fire is God's people. And that's what the Bible teaches. God's people will live forever in the midst of the everlasting burnings, which is the white hot heat of God's eternal glory and presence. We have to be changed. Paul says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We have to become metamorphosed. We have to become like angels to live in the flames and fury of God's glory and love it. Isaiah 33, 14. Take your Bibles and turn there. The Bible says the sinners in Zion are afraid. Mount Zion was the temple mount where God's presence was manifested in the most holy place. The sinners in Zion are afraid, trembling to seize the godless. And then they ask the question, who among us can dwell with the devouring fire? In the context, it's talking about God. Who among us can dwell with the devouring fire? And then they ask another question, who among us can dwell with everlasting burnings? Now, don't look at verse 15 right away. According to a whole lot of Bible preachers across our land who don't read the Bible as careful as they should, they say, well, who will live in the midst of the everlasting burnings? What's the answer given? You've heard it. What is it? The wicked. The sinner will burn forever in a place called hell. Haven't you heard that? Okay, well, that question is being asked by the wicked. Who can live in the midst of the everlasting burnings? So let's look at verse 15 and see what the answer is. He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly. Wait a second. Who will live in the midst of the everlasting burnings? The answer is, he who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, who despises the gain of oppressions, who shakes his hands lest they hold a bribe, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking upon evil. In other words, the righteous will live in the midst of the everlasting burnings. That's the answer in verse 15. But look at verse 16. He will dwell on the heights. His place of defense will be in the fortress of rocks. His bread will give him... His water will be sure. It's like he's in the sanctuary, but inside the sanctuary are everlasting burnings. Verse 17. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. In the fire is the context. They will behold a land that stretches afar. Friend, we need to get used to the fire. The fire is the norm in heaven. The glory of him who is love is beautiful. And the glory of a loving God is an eternal fire. And that fire is God's glory and it will destroy evil. But guess what? The book of Malachi says we will go forth leaping on that day when the sun of righteousness arises with healing his wings. The third angel's message says the smoke of their torment goes up forever and they have no rest. Day or night, those worshipers of the beast and its image. So what kind of smoke goes away and goes up? What kind of smoke torments the wicked as it ascends forever? The Bible teaches us that our prayers mingle with Jesus' prayer and together it is a holy smoke that ascends to God. Most people fail to recognize that Jesus is God. And thus Jesus has a right to live in the smoke. He has a right to own the smoke of the pillar of the fire and cloud as God Himself. They fail to see that the same fire and the same smoke that was in the pillar of fire and cloud is inside of Jesus. He is the source of God's glory. The book of Hebrews says that He is the outshining of His radiance. When Jesus was born on earth, God veiled His glory in Jesus. So men and women might behold God and not die. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over. Biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. 
We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. God made it possible for sinful human beings to behold the glory that is the fire, that will destroy evil that the demons are running from, and to be drawn to it because the heart of that fire is love. And when men and women turned to Jesus, and when they looked into his eyes as a human being, friend, they saw the fire of the eternal God in the twinkle of his eye looking back. And that fire was clear. I love you is what it meant. Solomon called love the jealous fire of the Lord. When the seven last plagues are poured out, the accumulated prayers of God's people are collected in prayer vials And these prayers are then poured out upon the earth. So what ascends to heaven comes back to earth as final judgment. Prayer and judgment meet in the seven plagues. And the holy smoke shows up at the end, just like it did at Abram's time. And the book of Revelation makes it very clear that that eternal smoke that terrifies the wicked is God's glory. Turn to Revelation 15, 5-8. Here's the answer. After this I looked, and the temple of the tent of witness in heaven was opened. This is just as the seven plagues are beginning. And out of the temple came the seven angels with seven plagues, robed in pure bright linen, their breasts girded with golden girdles. Verse 7. And one of the four living creatures gave the seven angels seven bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever. As I said, these bowls are prayer bowls in the Greek. Prayers of the saints are held in these bowls. They collect over the centuries, and God's judgment at the end is the result of the prayers of God's people wanting Christ to return. Verse 8 is the key verse. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from His power, and no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were ended. Notice what the text says. The smoke represents God's glory and power. That's what produces it. The glory of God. Now, how many of you want God to go away? You want God to be snuffed out? You want God, who is an everlasting fire, you want that fire to go out? I don't. Because this universe operates on the principle that our powerful, majestic, eternal God will never go away. And so the glory of God is likened to smoke. The smoke represents His glory. Isaiah the prophet saw the same fire and the same smoke that filled the temple in Revelation 15.8. And fire and glory, the fire of God, the glory of God, the smoke of God, the holy smoke, changed his life forever. Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Seraphim in Hebrew means burning ones. Angels are burning ones. They're flames of fire, the book of Hebrews tells us in Psalms 104. Above him stood the seraphim, the burning ones. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. One called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of Him who called, and the house was filled with smoke, just like at the time of the end. Now that's holy smoke. Now notice what Isaiah says, And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. You know, when we see God for who He is, I have to say with Isaiah, Woe is me, for I am lost. 
For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That's where we live. We live in contact with God where we have to admit that we don't measure up. And when we see God's glory, we know, wow, if I don't measure up, what's going to happen to me? Verse 6, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand a burning coal, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. In other words, fire from the altar. That's the place of prayer. That's where the mighty angel takes his place in our behalf. Fire from the altar. And he touched my mouth. You see, we're afraid of the fire of God's glory. But we need God's glory. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so the fire came to him. The angel brought it to him. Touched his mouth. That very part that was misused so often by Isaiah. He was a corrupt man. He knew it. And the angel said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is forgiven. See, God has to have fire to burn sin away. He can forgive you because He is the fire. We need the very fire we are afraid of to change our lives. We need the God who is the eternal fire of love to touch us and heal us in the power of God. Fire cleanses. If it meets the right target, it heals when it touches a sinner. Verse 8, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? God the Father and the Son want to know who will represent them. Then Isaiah said, Look, I've been forgiven. I've been touched by holy fire. I see the holy smoke. I see the vision of God. Then he says this, Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Friend, God wants to use you in your life. But he can't use a compromised life. It has to be fully dedicated to him. Let the fire forgive you. Let the fire remove sin from you. And start over with the holy God who loves you who is the white, hot heat of an eternal love that's jealous for you. The fire is eternal. The smoke is eternal because God is the fire. And His glory, the third angel warns, the smoke that fills the temple, His glory, is the source of the destruction of evil at the end. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. When our prayers meet God in the temple at the golden altar, we are home in the house of God with all the fire and all the holy smoke of God's glory. Somehow in the mystery of Christ, our prayers meet inside of God. And the smoke of the incense of our frail prayer mingled with the perfect prayer of Christ ascends together as sweet incense. And there they meet the holy smoke of God's eternal glory. The three meet that fills the temple with just the right aroma of grace. It's a positive picture if we understand it correctly. In the end, friend, the glory of Him who is love will come from the temple to save us at the time of the end. And the glory that we seek to save us, that same glory must destroy evil to save us at the time of the end. Smoke is a form of darkness, if you really check it out. Dear heart, Jesus died in the darkness of the cross where God the Father and God the Son met again in the midst of the sacrifice. Not the bullock with Abraham this time. The sacrifice was Jesus They met in the darkness of the cross. Holy smoke. No one could see from the ninth hour in what was going on in that cross because it was veiled from every creature in the universe. Only God and His Son could experience the horror of the atonement for our sins. I guarantee you what happened in the darkness of the cross is worse than any hell at the end of the millennium or any hell envisioned by any theologian. There in the darkness that is the hell of Calvary, our condemnation was dealt out and 
perfectly administered to Jesus. God the Father and God His Son, they suffered and they paid the price to save us from our sins. Dear heart, in the darkness of the cross, in the smoke that blinds the eyes of unbelief, we see the glory that is God shining the brightest at the cross. And because of the cross, I'm drawn. What about you? I am drawn to the fire, drawn to the life that is in the Son of God, the fire of a love that is our forever God of love. May God bless you and keep you. May God sustain you. And may God's fire fill you. And may the incense of your prayers always mingle with Jesus' prayer for you. And may the glory, the smoke, the holy smoke of our eternal God enshroud you and protect you for all time and eternity. For the worshipers of the beast, the smoke of their torment ascends forever. For those who love God, we will dance and sing forever in the presence of God's sanctuary temple, in the presence of the Shekinah glory, the pillar fire and cloud, a God of love who gave it all to save us. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Again, you can listen to this broadcast online at reachingyourheart.com in its entirety along with the rest of the Cosmic Controversy series. And join us again next time. We so appreciate you listening. For Pastor Michael Oxentenko and everyone here, we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Thank you.